0: be curious. Don't hesitate to ask. Ask, 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 and study and learn. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like a very difficult decision, but it was the easiest one that I've ever made. Look like this and Chavi, recently here, Rafa Marquez complaining about, okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm good. Thank you guys. <laughs> I didn't pay him. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody.
1: Welcome to Football in the Trenches, another series. Today we're here with Manel Esposito, very, very, very well-traveled. I mean, traveled with a capital T gentleman uh, who is a coach, an analyst. We're going to find out about his very interesting career as a player uh, and as staff. And uh, we're looking to Manel as our new episode of interesting careers that have uh, done a lot in our wonderful sport of football. Welcome, Manel.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Hi, everyone.
1: We are sponsored by Game Insight, which is a new platform, which is a career building uh, tools platform for coaches and players, also an education platform for coaches and players um, that's going to be launched very, very soon uh, for the English language world. Um, and uh, welcome to today's uh, podcast that we're here with always with Jesse uh, as well, um, and uh interesting thing about you, Manel, is that you started, uh, you had your debut in FC Barcelona in 2003 uh, alongside none other than Leo Messi on the same day uh, against Jose Mourinho's Porto. Uh, It's a fantastic start (laughs) to any football (laughs) career, so we're going to want to hear all about that. Um, And uh, thanks a lot for joining us.
0: No worries. Thanks to you for for thinking on me and counting on me. It's a pleasure.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, Manel as well had over 90 Spanish Football League appearances, over 25 appearances in the Belgian Football League, and over 60 appearances for the biggest club in New Zealand, Auckland City. Yeah. Manel has just finished this season as a coach in Belgium's highest tier with Open and has his sights set on the upcoming Euro Cup as a football analyst with the Belgium national team. Uh, interesting enough, uh, Manel. I don't even know if you know this yourself, but I actually—you were my direct opponent when I made my debut in the first league of New Zealand. It was my first time playing in the first league of New Zealand. Uh, we don't have to speak about the result, but I was playing centre back. Uh, you played striker. Uh, I saw on your YouTube channel as well the highlights of that. Uh, you know, you scored a couple of goals, maybe too many that I wanted, but uh, that's that's a little interesting connection there. And it
0: is, it is. That's right. Beautiful <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Great country.
2: Uh, we're going to start with, as we always do, a rapid fire question section. So basically the format of this is uh, short short questions with short answers. Uh, we're going to begin with, uh, who was your favorite player growing up?
0: My favorite player growing up? I had a few ones, but uh, when I was very, very little, it was Marco Van Basten. Mm-hmm.
2: Good choice. Who is the best manager you've played for?
0: The best manager i played for? <laughs> nowadays, there are a lot that will... <laughs> 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 I, have a, I had, on, on my last year of career, I had Jordi that now was uh, also uh, my mentor and uh, now is the one who retired me, actually. He <laughs> <laughs> was very, very strong on, on tactical. And then I had also Luis Garcia that is now coach in uh, Mallorca and uh, then uh, close to promote to, to, to first division in Spain. And he was me, my coach when we did also playoff to to promote to second division. And uh, those years were very interesting. And then also, obviously, uh, Ramon was a big influence for me also when I went to New Zealand because of, of all the situation and all the, the, cra- the crisis was in Spain. And uh, Ramon had very good ideas of uh, the kind of football I grew up uh, in La Masia also in, uh, in the Spanish style, the Barcelona star, these
2: three, mm-hmm. I can say. Very nice. And who would you say is the best player that you've played with?
0: <laughs> that I play with and I train with only one time. Wow! That now obviously it's Messi, of course, Yeah. but uh, I was able also to enjoy trainings and some friendly games with uh, Ronaldinho in, uh, on that time. It was amazing unbelievable yes. you don't need more than that to be honest <laughs> <laughs> best in the world.
2: <laughs> and who is the best player that you've coached so far
0: best player i coached so far i have a couple of uh, in open because i only coach in, in in open we had a few and we had a few young talents from uh, our project uh, open has a, a project in africa and uh, aspire academy in qatar and they were two very interesting young players. And now one is playing for, uh, I think, Zinfenet Bache, Enri Onyekuri, a Nigerian uh, a winger, striker, very fast, little in transition. And also another uh, player that you guys will see in the World Cup and will probably be the, one of the captains of uh, Qatar national team, Akram Afif. These two were the most talented young players that I coach now.
2: And through researching a little bit and creating these questions for the podcast, I saw quite a few of your playing highlights. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite goal out of the many you scored, uh, especially against me in New Zealand? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have one that sticks in your mind uh, that that's a favorite of yours, a favorite memory?
0: I had, yeah, I can say Two. For one was uh, playing for uh, the playoff to promote to second division, second A in Spain. And uh, on the playoff, I scored uh, one good goal with my left uh, foot that I use only to step out of the bus <laughs> <laughs> from long distance uh, left shoot. That was one of the uh, the ones I I remember very well. And also, the, my first season in uh, in Auckland City. On the final of the Oceania uh, Champion League, when I scored at Kibitest, it also one good goal that I do a couple of contours with outside of the foot, and then I finished with my left also foot. That one was a... Uh, I remember that one also good because it was the first time that I travel <laughs> <over> <laughs> outside of the world, and then uh, we won the Champion League, and uh, that allowed us to play, uh, to go to the Club World Cup. That was, for me, was an amazing okay. experience.
2: Awesome! Awesome. Hmm. What is your favorite beach in Catalonia?
0: Favorite <laughs> <laughs> beach in Catalonia. Uh, I can say now here, right next to my, to my uh, hometown here in Calonja. But there is a lot of little, small. Um, I don't know how you say little beaches that you go uh, with uh, with a, uh, with a uh, boat and you can see all the Costa Brava here. It's very very difficult to pick one spot here in the
2: Costa. The political answer.
0: I was hoping <laughs> you wouldn't say Austin. The... <laughs> <laughs> Not a beach. Sorry to tell, if any Belgium, uh, <laughs> to me. sorry, but what I understand uh, as a beach. That's not uh, in Belgium.
1: (laughs) My my, my Belgian friends are listening and that's why I'm reminding them. There we go.
2: (laughs) What is your favorite meal? My favorite meal? Paella. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have a favorite movie?
0: Favorite movie? Uh, No, actually, I don't have a favorite movie, but I I watch a a lot of them all of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, 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 all. I, well now less because I, when I play, I watch a lot of movies and series. Now yeah. that, I, uh, that I went to the other side, I don't even, I don't have time to watch the TV. There's no so TV.
2: we'll put that down as Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit then, yeah?
0: Ah, yeah
2: I <laughs> <laughs> New
1: Zealand documentary, <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I like to watch any kind of uh, uh, everything with my wife and uh, <laughs> even uh, Disney. I can say I love Disney. Mm. Aladdin, probably, Aladdin.
2: Yeah. One
0: yeah.
2: One. <laughs> and Lion King. The I flying love. carpet. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, who is your favorite current player who's still playing? Messi. Messi? Yes. And if you could coach in any other sport, not being football, what would it be?
0: Hmm, interesting question. Never thought about that, but uh, I probably love to coach NBA
2: basketball, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and if you weren't involved in football growing up, what do you think you would have ended up doing?
0: Probably something related to sports because mm-hmm. I, I always like uh, my parents play handball and they tried to put me always a ball in my hand, but uh, I always broke it down. So, and then I study a uh, science and sports degree. So probably something related to uh, education and, uh, and, uh, and sports.
2: Awesome. Cheers for that. That ends the, the section of the rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. Perfect.
1: Uh, Manel, tell us a little bit about your experiences now uh, coaching in Belgium uh, at the highest level. Uh, how how uh, how has that been?
0: Uh, well, it's been at the beginning it was uh, because just as soon as I retired, I start directly to to as assistant coach, and uh, that first step was uh, strange to to set up because all of the players that the, they were on the team. They were my teammates, uh, <laughs> mm. uh, so I had to, I've never been a, an assistant coach or a, uh, anyone that wants to impose and to be a, and now I'm the coach and I decide uh, I've never been like that. So in that terms, it was very easy and everyone quite understood that because on that time, my last two years as a player was also one of the captains of the team. So the transition was a little bit natural and then everyone respect that uh, that transition obviously i could not uh, go to have dinner with them and uh, i had to cut that <laughs> no more dinners together and no more uh, uh, kind of relation together like that and it was hard because one of the players or one of the strikers i was his uh, best man on the on his wedding so he was kind of uh, my best friend and then i could not i i went with him but not as much as i as I went before. And then the good thing that, that I, I experienced in Belgium, apart from uh, all the evolution that the analysis, the video analysis uh, took place in that in, in the league and in, in, in our club also, is the vari- variability of uh, playing systems that uh, uh, they use in Belgium. There is a very rich league in terms of uh, of uh, playing systems and. Uh, and tactical. It's very, very interesting because it's, in Spain it's more rigid, it's more the tactical, it's more ABC rigid than everyone is. In, in Belgium, you can find any kind of system, everyone and in the same, in the same game, uh, the coaches uh, swap to two, two different systems, three different systems that build up, they change the, the, the formation. It's very, very rich in, in terms of a tactical analysis.
1: Simple. Yeah, definitely. I That's an interesting point. Um, Manel, how has, how has Belgian football been transforming? How does it continue to transform in the wake of this massive talent explosion that it had in the country uh, with all of the, all of the international stars? I mean, a national team full of, uh, full of talent, but uh, also a lot of exports. Belgium was not as big of an export country previously. Uh, what's going on uh, in the league system with all of that? Is there more focus on youth development? Has the approach changed?
0: Well, I, I think it's yes. The the um, the Belgium Federation they they change uh, their way of uh, of uh, growing and 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 seeing football uh, when they they, they recruit, uh, Roberto Martinez. I think that was a big impact on the obviously on the national team, as you can see with the with the results, but also in all the 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 formation on the on the belgium uh, federation they changed the way they work they uh, had new approaches new ideas and they transform everything into make sure that the league grows up also accordingly to the national team and uh, they have a there are a lot of good academies in uh, in belgium like under uh, leek liege ghent a lot of good clubs and um, I think it's all related to the to the investment also that the, the federation did on the on the league because when I first started uh, as a, as system coach we went we were with CDs and uh, footage from TV that we get from here from there with my analyst that uh, that went to to film himself the the games and they they did a massive investment in terms of uh, of new camera systems footage programs uh, analysis, uh, uh the 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 federation invest because when they finish third on the world cup uh normally there is a difference of budget that the the Belgium federation didn't expect and instead of sharing because they shared the budget uh, with the, with the clubs or with the federation instead of doing this uh roberto martinez his staff and the and the guys from the federation they decide to instead of sharing again and giving back this money to the clubs Take this difference of money and invest in the thing that Belgium didn't have as wide-angle cameras, analysis and uh, all these uh, new technologies that that made the league an impact to the league and to the players obviously and then it's true that, is, that there is a league that exports a lot of players, especially to, to England uh, and uh, and French. There is a lot now of uh, young talents and uh, I don't know, I think because the national team obviously is doing so well, this opened this to the world, everyone is looking a little bit more to Belgium, the league uh, every year gets more and more professional, every year gets more and more uh, exigent and competitive and this is attractive also for for other clubs. Also, we have a lot of players that uh, they come on loan from Stoke City, from different different countries and, uh, and I think it's a good, good, uh, League to 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 make sure that the young players that they have not man, many minutes in in bigger leagues they can explode the talent and uh, and then get back again to to their to their teams.
1: I think a testament of quality of the leagues, as you mentioned, also is that uh, you can't predict the table at all. I mean, uh, Anderlecht, Liege, both have uh, struggled in recent years. New teams, uh, newly promoted, do really really well. Yes. Uh, so there's a real uh, shuffle. It's very hard to tell. Uh, how it's going to look at the end of the season. Yes, and you need
0: you need to think also, you need to see that in Belgium, is uh, I think 90, 90% of the teams are owned also by, uh, by uh, the owners are not from Belgium. Like yeah. for example, our team, Eupen, is, uh, we have a lot of uh, foreign invest, uh, investors on, uh, on the teams and this also makes, it's normal, more money, better players, better quality, better uh, uh, Everything grows up, and uh, teams like Underleg. It's true that they and uh, and a standard edge, they change a little bit the the, the way of the of how they work, and this takes time. It's not it's not that uh, in in Belgium you see that the, the typical team like bruce Underleg, Standard, they have an amazing amazing academies, and then you see teams like us, that the bottom teams where, where uh, foreign investors are, are, are putting some money and makes, this makes makes sometimes that, as you say, not not always uh, except for Bruce, that they are one step away from everyone, champion league uh, in terms of budget players, uh, quality uh, facilities. This team is out of the whole league. The rest, look, this year we won under like 2 at home and we yeah. draw one in a in, in Anderlecht, for us, this is, uh, uh, you see this, five years ago, it was impossible to dream about uh, drawing one game against Anderlecht. So, it's true that, and new new teams, now you see Ostende, now you see Leuven that they didn't make it to to, to the playoff, uh, teams that uh, they, they were normally like us in the bottom, and now they're fighting for a spot in a, in the next Europa League. Antwerp, yeah. Antwerp also, Antwerp, yeah, doing a mm-hmm. great job in Antwerp. So is that Antwerp is a team that they have their own philosophy of uh, playing very, very, very uh, close philosophy with a lot of the, uh, physical impact mm. mixed with good quality. But uh, they, they they doing very well and they investing a lot of money also in Antwerp They they renewed the whole stadium. They building an amazing amazing stadium. So mm. it's all about uh, as you say the investors come, the investors come, and uh, there is more money coming in. That reflects also on. A, on the facilities, new players, better players. Then you have uh, it's more interesting uh, to the eyes of uh, every single one involved in, in this business.
2: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Manel, we wanted to take you back a little bit now, uh, back to your early days, and and you know, would you be able to tell us in which environment you grew up and whereabouts? Obviously, in Catalonia, as we already spoke, but. What environment was that like? Area, family? Uh, what was life like growing up uh, for yourself? Well, my life
0: was uh, on the street, <laughs> but not because uh, because in Catalonia where I, I live, I grew up in a small, not small, but in a city called Vic, and uh, I was always uh, playing football outside with my friends, always, and. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a like a kind of a square uh, next to next to the building I left and uh, I was always there and uh, until my they were they were, we didn't have uh, uh, iPhones or uh, nothing I call my friends and go to <laughs> 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 you, come, you come there or we just join at the at the court and play football all day long and then go to training and then study a little bit and that was my uh, childhood Outside, <laughs> you're, Actually, you're, the, weather, the weather was good.
1: <laughs> you're down. You're downplaying Vic because it's your hometown, but it's one of the most unknown and beautiful uh, medieval market squares in Europe. It uh, is beautiful. so it
0: is. <laughs> early. It's worth a beautiful.
1: visit for anybody. <laughs> it is.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You are right. And uh, yeah, that was my my childhood. I did. I. I was a little bit late on in terms of uh, going to, to Barcelona and going to join a one academy because on that time in big they they had a good work on the, on the youth on the academy and it was not normal to, to there, there were not many scouts not many obviously no cameras no <laughs> no games at all. And now you go to a, to a under eleven games and you see seven parents filming with the cameras and watching the game. <laughs> And on yeah. that time we play for fun we didn't play uh, I kn- I always knew that I, I wanted to to be a football player professional football player but I played for fun until I was 14 15 then I started to play with the first team in third division and after that I had the opportunity to go to to Barcelona for us go to Barcelona was like oh we're going to Barcelona big city far away from uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: One hour. One <laughs> hour But for us, <laughs> on that time with the roads, now we have direct roads. Before it was uh, one hour 30 weeks, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> south well, of, yeah.
1: South of Barcelona, you came from the north side. There you go. Yes.
0: <laughs> I came from the mountains. <laughs> yeah. So That was, oh, we're going to a big city. And uh, so it was strange. And then when uh, Espanol, I went to Espanol, Barcelona, with uh, under 19. Uh, while I was playing also, it was kind of strange because I went to study in Barcelona and uh, I had the chance to, to go with under 19 in Espanol and then play in third division. By that time, it was uh, quite young to be playing with professionals. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. And after that, I had a good year in Sant uh, Andreu in, uh, in uh, Barcelona and Barcelona signed me for four years and everything started <laughs> from there.
2: A little bit later than
0: everyone. I did, I did not grow up in La Masia from uh, eight years old and did all the, the years in La Masia, but I was happy to be home also. But do what, you what,
2: have what? anyone in particular that, that introduced you to football or who was an early influence and uh, in you getting in the game? Or was it just like you said, those pick-up street games and you were just always involved in those?
0: There, there was uh, actually no one in my family background that play football no my dad I, my family can come from a uh, so no one introduced me to football well, I maybe yes was one of my uncles when I was very very young I was very fast at the school and, and the, the physical teachers at the school told my family oh maybe you can uh, 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 take him to athletics you know to the Fast athletics, uh, but I, I didn't want to, to run. And I was always with the ball. I, I remember when I was a kid, always sleeping with the ball. And was my my mom could not drive me to to the to the athletics to to do athletics. And uh, my uncle was coaching one of a uh, and, and the eight teams in a in a village right next to to big. And he and he tell my mom, no no problem, I take him with me, and he can run and kick the ball with uh, with me. <laughs> That year, I scored, I think, uh, 60 or 70 goals with the… <laughs> 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 and, and I went to Vic and uh, everything. But I, I started in Santa Eugenia. It's, called, it's a very, very, very small village, 10 minutes away from, uh, from Vic. And it was my uncle who, who picked me up and took me there because my mom could not drive me. And because my mom could not drive me to athletics, that's, uh, that's when, when I started to, to play football. But I was always with the, with the ball on <laughs> my foot. <Yeah. laughs> How was
1: that? How was going from uh, from uh, that level? How was it to go into La Masia and 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 uh, and train in that system? How how was the experience
0: for you at at a young age?
1: Well, at the beginning, it was
0: uh, it was tough. Even though I came from uh, two clubs in Barcelona already and in second B and uh, third division, it was tough because I was the only new player that Barcelona B signed directly that year normally you you come up from uh, uh, under 19 uh, uh, Barcelona C and you go up to Barcelona B I was on the, the first the only one sign signing from uh, from another team but uh, I don't know maybe because of the experience in those uh, prof- I was involved with a, a professional quite young when I was 15 16 I was playing for my village in third Division, then I went to second B, and that helped me a lot to grow up and be a little bit more mature uh, early stage. So, when I went to Barcelona, obviously at the beginning, the first I remember always the first day that you arrived there, there you have the test, everything, the blood, there, and you arrive, you see the clothes there actually with yeah, <laughs> you see the band, Barcelona, and then you say, Well, okay, that's getting serious now. <laughs> but uh, now the team wasn't very nice. The, I still have a lot of very very good friends, very close friends. Actually, yesterday one was here. Tomorrow is coming another one to visit me. So I keep in touch with. Uh, I can say 60% of the of the squad of that uh, Barcelona B. So I had a good friends. I was lucky enough that they uh, they accept me well. And uh, yes, it was uh, tough at the beginning, but beautiful tough. It was not. Not a, a bad experience yeah. at all, of course.
1: And it's very different groups. Some of them ended up uh, as, as top footballers, and others uh, yeah. didn't end up playing, right? So
0: <laughs> it is. It is like that. Some of them uh, they retired very young because they struggle with the with the football. Some of them they never studied nothing. Some of like me, I was lucky enough that my family pushed me a lot to to keep studying, and I could share the university. So I went to. I study, I develop also my myself. Some of them, as you say, they went to, they play a lot of years, beautiful careers in first division and uh, overseas also. Like uh, my friend who was here yesterday, he he left Barcelona B and went directly to uh, Barcelona. He played with the first team and went to Lazio directly in, in Italy. It was, uh, and he spent an amazing career in, in first division, different countries and some players that never met it. And some like me that uh, we were in, in between uh, yes and no, yes and no, no and yes. So there was a <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's not easy to 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 live from uh, you know to do from football. And you guys know it well. It's very difficult to to have a career, and there are a lot of ups and downs. And the most important is never give up and keep keep doing what you love. That uh, at the end it it pays back, but it's it, it's a difficult world. <laughs> You know, uh, who,
1: who was, uh, we'll save, the, we have to save the listeners, the the Google search. You have to tell us some of the names that were with you in that 81 class in La Masia. Who, who, yeah, <laughs> we, we had
0: uh, Jurquera, the goalkeeper that later played with the first team. Poulaguet, yeah. that uh, also played with the first team. Oscar Lopez, that was the, my friend who was, was yesterday with me, is the one who played yeah. with the first team also. And then he went to Lazio, Betis and... Uh, a lot of teams, Damian also, that he played also with the first team. Uh, we had a lot of them, David Garcia, he was later in first division, second division in Spain. Juan Berdu, also very good midfield, that he played in China. And, uh, and, uh, Levante. and Levante also, yes, of course. And then uh, Sergio Garcia, the striker, play in Espanol also.
1: And Betis And, yeah. I'm, yeah. a I'm a betico.
0: I'm yeah. a betico. <laughs> yeah. Oscar Lopez playing and betico. The yeah, exactly. so Well, actually, I was in a. I was at the stadium the day that uh, they they were uh, relegated to second division, and it was a uh, disaster. <laughs> actually, we had to. I could not leave the 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 stadium uh, for three hours. I we had because it was a. Uh, The supporters were destroying everything outside. The police blocked everything, and I had to take my friends out of the stadium on the boot of my car. So because and I keep coming in and out, taking players in and out on the boot because the supporters wanted to kill them. Oh yeah, that was an horrendous experience. Yes,
2: but then (laughs) obviously yourself as well. You ended up making your debut for the first team of Barcelona. Uh, how, how was that experience? How did that? Is there a little story there? How, how did you find out you were going to be selected at the squad and then eventually come on? Uh, how was that experience?
0: Oh, it, it, got, it, it was very, very... It was unbelievable, of course. When uh, uh, normally they call you a lot because before, now I didn't experience the new uh, training grounds and that they have. Before, everything was based in the new camp. And we had the mini-study and the training field of the first team were they were next to our training field. So it was normal to go up and train with the first team. And then, you know, you change that. You're changing on the Barca B and then you OK. Today, you two, you guys, you go to... And they told you on the same... On the same, You arrive in the morning. Guys, you today, the coach needs you too. So you're going to the first team. So it was normal for us to go and come back and see this. But when they told you that, look, you are going to... To, to Porto, you're gonna play a friendly game and uh, you're gonna travel with them. It is obviously a, <laughs> an amazing uh, new. And then at the beginning, I was I was uh, supposed to play from the beginning because it was uh, Luis Garcia mm. the, uh, that he played for Liverpool later. That he was a little bit uh, injured, but at the at the end he started playing. But after 17 minutes or 20 minutes, he say don't change, and I came awesome. in. Yeah, mm. I can after 20 minutes so it was uh, (laughs) when they told me go to warm up (laughs) (laughs) and then you were there because we arrived one hour 30 before one hour before the the game and the stadium was already full because it was a big party they were in the first, uh, first game on the new stadium and so they were doing things and everything was full house from the from the first minute so you go to warm up and we are used to Play on the second B with Barcelona. That they, they are uh, maybe three thousand <laughs> <laughs> and you arrive right there. Okay, go, man, thank you. <laughs> I one. saw
2: you. Your introduction is, yeah. I saw with your introduction the the right back absolutely went through you as well.
0: <laughs> I did, yeah, because I did a couple of uh, not dribblings, but. Uh, I just started, you know, as a young player, I was secretary, and then at that time I was already. Uh, a, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just start to run a key and the thing, and I think he's, he's a friendly game. They put now a young player, I'm going to show him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to do here. And he was
1: getting he was getting old already, secretary back then. So yeah,
0: yeah. yeah he was already old dog. So
2: uh, the VAR right that time red card. Eh? My God,
0: <laughs> if, there, if there is VAR now, if there, in, on that time they had the VAR, that was a, because it was a friendly game, eh? But yeah. I remember he tackled me up on the knee. Yeah, and uh, I remember I was struggling. I looked like this, and Chavi, Luis Enrique, Rafa, Marquez, complaining. I like, okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm good. Thank you guys. <laughs> no, you, you got up pretty quickly, to be fair. <laughs> I'm <huh? pleased> with <laughs> I'm really pain everywhere, but they were like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm good. Thank you guys. <laughs> They're looking after me, the the big ones, <laughs> uh, but I have pain everywhere. <laughs>
2: yeah. But well, then, obviously, as well, uh, through researching a little bit and also knowing your story previously before coming to New Zealand, you had uh, an injury that Im- had an influence over your football career early on as well, uh, mm-hmm. which you ended up having surgery for. And, you know, there was a lot of delays in that process as well. Uh, what 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 exactly happened there? Can you talk us through what that situation was?
0: It was just uh, an injury that, that it should be gone. In three months, uh, I broke my uh, fifth uh, metatarsin. You mm. call it? Mm. Yes, and uh, oh, I was supposed to I was supposed to do a surgery for uh, and after three months, I go back to play normal. Just three months of and it, I end up without playing for one year and a half, nearly with two more uh, surgeries. The first one they did it bad, uh, and then I had to go over uh, into uh, another doctor to to redo it again and fix me again. But it was uh, uh, it was difficult times because it was that period when I'm, when I went a lot with the first team and I was with the uh, second first team second first team mm. doing well and then that I, well, you, you never know maybe I, if I went if I didn't get injured maybe after four years I, I I will not be playing football I don't know you never know that what, what would happen if you. But that that uh, obviously stopped a lot of the progression that I that I had, and then I did I could not accept, and that time was difficult for me to accept the, the situation. So I, I was totally unfit because I uh, one year I, I went for a run only just running on the on, on the stadium ten minutes. It was impossible for me. After six months, uh, every every day I wake up. When I put my foot on the ground, I had pain uh, on my foot and everyone was telling me, oh, maybe it's uh, psychological, you are good, uh, everything is okay. And I, said, I I'm not good, I have pain, I cannot run, I cannot do this, until I went uh, away to another doctor and find out that the, they put in a screw inside my bone, but uh, it was not, uh, uh, the bone was not uh, attached. attached. So the screw was in between the bone the bone was open but outside looked normal but inside it was open so mm. it was never it was never fixed and then I had to get another surgery and uh normally you in three months but I need six more to to go get back to uh, normals and then I start again and when when you lose one year and a half without mm. uh, uh full training and it's it's very difficult to come back again to to the normal and then by that time, Barcelona told me, "Look, uh, no, we need to loan you because uh, we have we have no time for you, or no space for you now to to give you more minutes to go back again uh, playing time that you need. You need to you need playing time, and here uh, we cannot give you that uh, privilege. So I had to search for new destinies.
1: <laughs> how do you, how do you? I mean, the, the question there is, how, you know, it's 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 a heavy. Did you? How did you deal with the psychological fallout? I mean, a lot, young player—you know—you you had a, such a good trajectory. You get a, you get an injury. Mm. Um, do you? Can you recall? I mean, with time, time, time heals those thoughts. But how was it at the time, and how did you cope with it?
0: Uh, very bad. And at that time, I didn't have the 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 help of a professional to 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 deal with these kind of situations. Where I didn't because nowadays that. Uh, that uh, in the staff you have also uh, uh, psychologists and uh, people that help uh, players, coaches to, 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 to understand better situations, uh, uh, to understand emotional intelligence, all these things that the, now they are on the, uh, on the market. Before it was very strange to have uh, that kind of help and uh, my family also didn't didn't understand, also could not understand uh, how I felt. Maybe I didn't express myself enough, so I closed into myself. And uh, also the the fact that the doctors told me that no, no worries, you are okay, you are you are okay, everything is right, uh, the tests are good, and I feel pain. It was uh, contradictory, and uh, I'm not right. And I knew inside that something was wrong. I knew inside, that and mm. and uh, it was very tough because I was against everyone, and uh, everyone was telling me, oh, that maybe at the end it's. Uh, in your mind that you cannot, uh, say, no, it's not in my. I I do really have a, a, a physical pain, but uh, it was very very tough, and I miss uh, now looking back someone that could help me understand and deal with the emotional situation because you are there. I did and didn't even want uh, wanted to watch TV uh, football on TV. I didn't even want to watch nothing. I been football for my from my life. I tried to focus on my recovery, but. It was very frustrating because the steps that I took they were not right. So the worst thing that you can do with a with a player is not knowing if he's doing the right step, the right uh, rehabilitation. And uh, I doubt about everything. I doubt about the doctors. I doubt about uh, about everything. It was very tough in that moment, to be honest.
1: Mm. It's, that's the worst steps that you you could do with the players. Prescribe the wrong re, rehabilitation. I mean, that's, that's really that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. When we have players now that get that get injured, and we had a couple one that they they went to surgery. I always told them and the doctors, guys, you need to have a clear picture of. What you're gonna face, how you're gonna face, what you need to do to recover, what you need to do, everything has to be very, very clear in your mind. And if you have you have doubts, go to another opinion, go to the doctors until you have your clear picture. The worst thing as for the players is to don't have a clear. Oh, a player that is is coming back to to train is with a physical coach and is doubting about the exercises that he's doing It's the worst thing that they can do. If a player doubts or is not fully confident in what he's doing is good for him, maybe it's good or maybe not. I'm not talking But if he's not fully confident, it's the worst thing that you you, you can have because a, you go backwards. Yeah.
2: And then to to switch it up a little bit from there yes. uh, through researching for the podcast, we got in, in touch with both of our former trainer, uh, Ramon from Auckland City Football Club. And this is what Ramon had to say about yourself as a player. Uh, Ramon says, as a player, Manel was a very smart player, very good at running in the space behind the back line, and also very good in front of the keeper, a good finisher. He was smart how to to go past a player in one-versus-one situations more than just using his speed. He was very quick anyway. Uh, He knew how to make a good decision to beat a defender. Also in defending, he had a good working rate later in his career. He learned how to sacrifice and was a very fit individual to do so. And as a person, Manel was one of those few ones that got on with everyone and was always good fun. He knew how to make people laugh and was a very good teammate. He was also a very good leader in bad situations, always trying to encourage teammates and always demanding high standards. So that's a few words from Roman, our former trainer at Auckland City. I know he's back there in Spain as well. You see, he's a good friend, yeah? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't pay him.
2: Yeah? <laughs> I also cut out the bad parts. Eh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we
1: had a few ones, we do <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, flow, but flowing on from that, what was your story of moving across to the other side of the world to play for Auckland City Football Club? What? Like, how was that decision made to, to go over there? Because obviously, it's a very long way away from home.
0: Very long way, and it seems like a very difficult decision, but it was the easiest one that I ever made. The one that I hesitate the less, because on that time, I was struggling in Spain with second B teams. Uh, the last two and a half years, uh, they didn't pay me. Uh, there was a big crisis in Spain. The, the, the champions, they were terrible. They promised you a big contest to sign you, and then they didn't pay you. And uh, it was a terrible, terrible moment for me. Well, actually, I was out, uh, not really speaking with my agent. I said, look, I study, I have an, a, a career, I have a degree, so maybe it's time to, to start thinking about uh, taking football more uh, amateur, going back home, where I can actually work for my life, because it was, I spent all my... Uh, my savings uh, during those years. And uh, it was very tough. I was away from home. Uh, It was very tough for me. And suddenly, uh, Ramon uh, sent me a message and say, look, because Ramon was my coach uh, uh, a few years ago in uh, in Spain. He was my assistant coach uh, in a team that I was alone also from Barcelona. And uh, I haven't, I didn't speak with him during those four years and but i knew he was in new zealand i knew he was doing well and luckily luckily i have to i own everything to ramon because uh, he called me and look there is this possibility that may you can maybe you can come try for six months i know it's a it's a crazy another <laughs> It's the other side of the world but uh, you can come here try look for six months and then uh, and then you decide and it was the best decision of my life <laughs>
2: And then you obviously ended up winning uh, three Oceania Champions Leagues, uh, being the top scorer of the tournament, going to the FIFA Club World Cup. Uh, you know, I've experienced that myself. You know, it's, it's amazing. You know, it must have been uh, a really cool time as well with there's quite a big uh, Spanish contingent there as well at Auckland City. I know you were playing with uh, Albert uh, as well. Uh, Tade, I don't know if he is involved with the team yet yes. uh, from yeah. Argentina. At the beginning, yes. When I left, he was... Coming
0: in, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think one or one and a half season back by with
2: So, how was the experience of like being in this Champions League and having, you know, having a really a lot of success with I, I, Auckland City?
1: Island hopping, for the, for the viewers that don't know, yeah. I mean, if you play <laughs> OFC Champions League, you're traveling to places like Fiji and Solomon Islands and flying to very exotic destinations nobody else ever gets a chance to visit. So, uh, but besides that, I, I just want to say like Ramon, uh, I think, is one of the most uh, Outstanding coaches that that uh, did incredible things in New Zealand, and and I'm really looking forward to his next big project. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, he 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 changed football in New Zealand. He changed the whole landscape of the yeah. the style of play, everything. My uncle is also big in the youth development side in New Zealand still now, uh, but we used to copy everything that Auckland city with the team like yourself and that Ramon was taking. And it was all position-based, uh, games, bringing structure of the training to create game situations. Mm-hmm. And, and he actually changed the whole landscape of New Zealand football from quite a direct rough four, four, two running in behind to having 80% position. I know when we went to the club world cup, we had uh, more position than the Japanese champions where one player cost more than the whole of our club, you know, yeah. and he just changed the the landscape of New Zealand football completely and um, like what what was your experiences of going to like these champions leagues over in like the islands uh, and also was it in Japan the club World Cup as well? Yes, the
0: two times in Japan yeah it, it was amazing but well, you know you know well this these are tournaments that you only dream about playing when you play for the best clubs in the world so, <laughs> or for us to being able to to experience this, this week only there and uh, live in the uh, FIFA bubble and uh, and share a little bit with the, the 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 most professional environment that you can find in, in in modern football. It's amazing. It's a massive opportunity and an experience that uh, everyone will love to to live. That so uh, to be honest, when I went to New Zealand, I felt like uh, I went back to 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 play when I was in Vic with. No pressure, no nothing else. No uh, have to worry with the chairman, with the press, with medias, with fans, support. Everything was like um, natural. It was like uh, basic. I don't know if it makes sense. Like I play football for, for, for I enjoyed playing football. I,
2: I, I didn't feel happy
0: playing, pure. I didn't pure. feel happy yeah. f- I didn't felt that happy playing football, going to train in that uh, environment. Auckland city obviously obviously is an amazing club. Everything is, it's fun, but very professional. But I don't know, it felt pure and I just love to be there. And the, the, the teammates were amazing. I get along with them, uh, so good from the first day. Uh, it, was, it was just pure happiness, uh, football uh, without nothing else. Just football, football and
2: football. and um, any I, uh, Darren White stories, Manel? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stories in that. <laughs> 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 as funny say, hey, you, have to, you travel to Fiji, you travel to Banuat Solomon Islands, the, the personal the personal also experiences are amazing. To, to be able to, to see these islands and how people live the whole day. They love football. You go to Vanuatu and you have uh, 20,000 uh, supporters on the trees, on the roof of this. And it, it, it is amazing. It's amazing <laughs> to experience uh, because I never dreamt... I, I, there are some some islands, some countries that I, I didn't even know that they exist. Uh, and then you go to Papua New Guinea and then you have the military, everyone looking after you. You train on grounds that... The, <laughs> you can barely walk and then you go to the stadium and it's full and they love football and uh, I don't know the, everything both experience the professional and the, and the personal they were amazing amazing for me because I uh, I've never thought about uh, living those experiences and uh, being as happy as I was in, uh, in New Zealand actually it was very 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 tough for me to leave to Belgium I was it was the toughest decision of my life Some when I went when I was in Belgium after six months Trust me. The first six months, I thought every single week on giving up and going back to New Zealand.
1: That's that was exactly the next question. Um, <laughs> what, what, what was what was the what was the pull to come back to Europe? Because we, we know about the impact that you had on, on Auckland City and New Zealand football, and and what a special environment that is. Uh, and again, for 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 the audience it doesn't know, it's it's a, uh, teams like Auckland City exist in a in a in a national league, which is a, a an elite league, but the whole setup is actually effectively amateur outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's the constraint that it works with. But what what made you want to come back to to Belgium, and 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 how did you come to make the decision?
0: Well, first, so it's true that it is amateur, uh, uh, is considered as an amateur club, but yeah. they run it like a very very extra professional club. You have all the yeah. facilities that you can have. Then the thing in New Zealand, you you know that the stadiums are not. Uh, you play in, uh, in smaller stadiums and uh, the crowds are not that big, but the, the facilities and the way that Ramon, uh, the chairman, Ivan, and everyone on the club, it was a, an amazing family. Everyone will for everyone. I remember arriving to New Zealand and the chairman went to pick me up with his son and uh, they prepared the house and they made the bed for me. The chairman and his wife, they made the bed for me. <laughs> in Europe, this is a, you cannot uh, <laughs>
2: expect yeah, that. And then straight for a steak night Thursday, huh? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the steaks on Thursday after the key, eh? that training on QTS, and Thursday night at the at the club was a, wow, amazing, amazing. And cooking the steaks, the chairman, eh? <laughs> every one of us. Now, nah, honestly, I still talk with a lot of them, a lot of them. I met a lot of good friends also in New Zealand, and actually, I have to go back because, as uh, as as you say, when when I left New Zealand, we just won the third uh, uh, Champion League. And next next World Cup was in Morocco, and I was very excited to, to go to Morocco because playing in Japan was tough. You have to win the Japanese uh, team. They are but in Morocco we thought maybe that that year we have a, a bigger opportunity to to win the first game to be involved in the in the next rounds of the of the World Cup. But uh, actually, the, the sports director that signed me in Barcelona was the one who who signed me in Open in in Belgium. So that's why at the end uh, he was pushing to come here. He was pushing; was a big project uh, with uh, with Qatar, aspire academy involved. Uh, and I say no, honestly, ten times. So actually, I left New Zealand with, uh, and I left everything there. My 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 bags on my, at home. I left everything. I went on holidays to Spain to come back. So I left everything, and I and I end up uh, not coming back. So they had to send me, <laughs> find me my bags and everything. Uh, uh, Ramón helped me also because I went to Morocco to to see them, mm. and uh, he, he took one of my bags. And uh, but it was because the, the sports director at that time that uh, he was in the Open. It's the same that he signed me for for Barcelona, and uh, mm. he told me about the project. He told me about the future uh, involved with this project, not as a player, but also at the end of my of my career. And I think that would made that made a little bit the the different. And going back again, probably to the. To the professional environment i say no no 10 times 10 times and i remember i was in on london it was in london on holidays in london and uh i decided there i said okay come on let's
2: let's do it and i go to open. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously now working as a you know also with football analysis what role do you see uh, analysis taking within the greater framework of professional football
0: now the analysis is,
2: is, is it's.
0: I don't understand now uh, uh, a, tact, a technical stuff with the coach without the, the tactical analyst. In it. it's uh, it's key for, for for coaches for 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 players for everyone. It's it plays a massive role now. With everything I I watch, I experience in in Belgium and with the national team, it it makes a huge impact for the coaches. It saves a lot of hours, a lot of work, a lot of. Uh, of uh, it simplifies everything, everything, and in in during the league, in um, during those uh, these leagues that we sometimes we play uh, uh, Saturday, Wednesday, yes, uh, Sunday, and we keep. Play. You have no time to. If you want to be really, really, uh, really accurate on uh, analysis, you need uh, help of uh, of an assistant uh, uh, video analysis. Because as I say, it simplifies a lot of hours for us. And uh, of course, you need someone that understands football, and uh, not only, uh, as I say, an, uh, a coding a guy that is a mathematic coach a lot. Uh, because, like Bruce, for example, they they have two analyses, two uh, video analyses. One that comes from hockey, and it codes you everything with two hands. It's coding the game watching, boom boom. It's coding the players with amazing. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Two hands, boom boom. Coding game watching. has this he knows the defensive transition, but. When you ask for, or you can give an advice about solutions, what's happening here? What will we do? Then they don't understand. They don't understand properly the game. That was uh, That was what uh, Belgium did uh, for the last year and a half. They they create uh, an analyst community, uh, and we were involved uh, in uh, in presidential and online courses to learn or to 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 teach a little bit more. Tactical, uh, the tactical side of the of the game. That's why, because most of the analyses or some of the analyses before, uh, as I say, they they, they are more uh, worried about coding everything and giving everything code, 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 clips, 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 clips. Yeah. Clip. yeah, but you have to watch the game and see. Okay, this is relevant for the coach. This is yeah. not relevant. Yeah.
2: And then, as well as to trying to make it as as easy and simple as possible to translate that message to the players eventually as yeah. well. Yes, 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 yes. well, mainly mainly to the
0: coach because the analysts, they, they...
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. They are the
0: ones that they are with, with the assistant coach. I'm the one who I'm involved also with my, my analysts all the time. I'm in contact on the bench. We have the an iPad uh, on the bench with, uh, with the game going on with how to replay. So we, we see everything in 10 minutes delay, And at the same time, I keep asking him for what happened. Sometimes you missed during the game, you missed some... Uh, some actions and the analyst he sends me directly in the clip. I watch it. I say, okay, it's this, and then I can tell the coach. Coach, look, it happened this, this. If the coach or we didn't see it, maybe he see it, Maybe he know. You know, with the, with the, with the game going on, sometimes you you miss a lot of of, of things, and uh, specific situations that you can correct also directly uh, from the bench. That they are support with video footage that they are very important and also. My analysis is linked to the changing room where we have another laptop with a TV. And I receive all the codings and the instances there. And the coach also at the halftime, if he believes that it's necessary, he can show to the players uh, uh, some clips that uh, to correct or to emphasize that we are doing something good, that we need to continue, continue doing this. But it has to be very specific. And for me, for example, as assistant coach, it's very good uh, to correct individual in positions, individual uh, roles, and to correct set pieces. Also, that I'm involved with set pieces, and that's very important. Because a player, you can, if you argue with a player, his perception, oh, this was not my man, marking. Not <laughs> Yes, it was you. I, and you enter in a, a, an argument that you cannot have, so you go direct, yeah. go here, watch the video, watch the clip, look, it happened this, maybe you can. And this, you correct things very, very easily. It's very visual for the players.
2: Yeah, and a little anecdote as well to kind of back up what you're saying is... We had a bit of analysis at Auckland city, obviously not with the same kind of facilities and the same equipment, but we were playing away to Otago, I think it was down in the South Island. And we got up quite quickly at halftime, which I'd never seen before in New Zealand on the projector, you know, of the first half of the game. And yeah. Ramon pointed out to us, their, their back line is always moving across. So if we can switch the play to the other side very quickly we have our right winger free and he can go score first action Tade plays the right winger and we go and score you know and that's you know that's a little anecdote and 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 like because you don't always see that when you're playing on the field at the eye level you know so when you can change the view and see the whole shape of the team from a different level it's Um, you see everything above Mm. yeah and 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 to translate onto the field as well as I'm still currently playing you know it's um it's very beneficial to watch and even watch your games back and see the clips that maybe you could do better, uh, different actions, you could have maybe even worked harder, you know? It's, it's very important to improve as a player and, and, and how important it is to be open to receiving the information as well. Because I know yeah. a lot of players can also be a bit stubborn and be like, oh, uh, I'm like this, I'm like this, it's your fault, but it's also to be open to, to yeah. learn and to accept information to improve every day.
0: As, as long as, sorry, Tony, the last thing. As long as you you, you tell the player that uh, he understands and he sees and he and he will see it very fast that is for his own uh, good and his improvement for him and for the team. So when you are happy, when you improve, the team gets better. You get better, the team gets better. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, professional. If you. If you are not uh, open towards this and you don't do what the coach wants or you don't improve as the coach wants you you <laughs> trust me after two games uh, watching the game from with yeah, the, someone
2: it, just as good as yeah, you on will, just behind you yeah you will watch all the all the videos that the coach uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah
0: i mean this is just uh that's the impact
1: of live uh, match level video analysis but uh, uh from a perspective where i i mean i've worked in an environment where where uh uh, the analysis you can deploy uh you know at a at a club recruitment level data analysis short term medium term long-term data analysis uh, development analysis of players uh, uh, video analysis over time uh all types of algorithms to evaluate players over time uh, I mean the sky's the limit with what it can be used for right but let's say tomorrow I bring you a um, a a fish oil billionaire from Greenland. He's bought a new uh, Bundesliga club. And he says, uh, could you ask Manel, I want Manel to set up uh, a world-class analysis department for a club that's going to be in the Champions League every year. Uh, How independent or how integrated would you make the analysts work? How would you set it up, Manel?
0: What would be your advice? uh, Obviously, I I, I don't understand uh, the, 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 the analysis department separate from the, from the tactical, from the, from the, from the staff, mm-hmm. from the technical staff. For me, the, the analysis, then obviously you have um, more and more analysis working uh, uh, for opponents, set pieces and individual profiles also. But uh, the, 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 the head of analysts, the head of the... It, it has to be another assistant coach. Yeah. It cannot be outside of, the, of uh, where everything is spoken, where the tactics are made. Where the trainings are made he needs to know everything what the coach wants what, what the what we are demanding to the players which are we our principles of playing uh he needs to know everything about our tactics because after that he will simplify and go direct to what the coach needs and what the players needs because yeah. i don't understand an analyst who's not involved with the with the staff. for me is another is an, another assistant coach and then you put him up and he sees the game uh, from a boat instead of watching the game from, uh, from, the, from the bench.
1: When, when, I'm, when I'm consulting or teaching analysis here in Sweden, one of the things I always say is, your analysts should be looking at your team first. Yes. And they should be involved yeah. with your team uh, and, and uh, ideally as close to the squad as possible. And also, and also o- offline, they should be watching the trainings. They should be knowing the own team before, no, before no, they no. go online.
0: He has to be another coach, another assistant, direct, direct. I don't understand an analysis that doesn't know what we are demanding to the players, which are our principles, which game plan we have for that week. It's impossible. How oh, you want to uh, uh, deliver uh, relevant information or correct things or, or tell the coach, oh, coach, we are not... Uh, the plan that we have is not working if you don't know the plan.
1: How, mm-hmm. how do you want to analyse the opposition if you don't know your own team?
0: Oh, you... Uh, <laughs> It happened to it happened to me. We had an analyst that he was never with us. He was doing the the, the opposition. He he analyzed the the opponent team perfect. But then when, when it came to ah maybe we can hurt them like this, like that and you realize I say, do you know that you are telling me to put crosses to the second post and we have no uh, our striker is one eighty and there's one ninety, you know things like that. They, no, we don't play like that. They are, these are not our solutions. We can hurt them like that. Yes, maybe other teams can hurt them like that, but not our team with our exactly. players and with our capabilities. We cannot, so he needs to find the solutions according to our our strength and our uh, uh, good points, not with, um, yeah, of course, uh, we can hurt them uh, with crosses and we you have a number nine inside <laughs> the box, and, but, okay, but the ones who cross, uh, we have, imagine, we have, we play with the wingers on opposite, like, you know, in Switzerland. How are you going to cross with the, with the wrong foot? <laughs> So that's why the analyst has to be another system coach for me. And then you can have some other analyst coding and just doing the, the, the dark work of hours of coding and editing and, and uh, simplifying everything that's a, of course, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, things to analyze and to watch and set pieces and, uh, individual profiles, everything, but the, the, the chief, of analyst has to be always on the trainings, has to see the trainings, uh, listen what the coach is correcting, listen what the principles that we are working on. We want that week for that specific game, and obviously he needs to know everything. If not, it doesn't make sense to have an analyst. The, the, uh, for example, the one we have now is not that involved with us with uh, with uh, with uh, coaching staff because now he's starting and he's doing also the analyst. Uh, he's studying also with the. Uh, With the federation and our coach doesn't want another analyst involved. uh, But the future is another system coach, for sure, three hundred percent. I don't understand uh, an analyst who's not involved with the team, because then the the solution is gonna give the information, the corrections. It's just uh, irrelevant for us.
2: Yeah, yeah. And do you have any tips for any amateur uh, football analysis that are looking to improve?
0: Yeah, of course, I, I start, with no, uh, start with nothing. Yeah. Be, just uh, the, the big thing that also, the, the good thing that uh, the Belgium uh, is doing with the analysts is that we have an amazing sharing community. Everyone shares everything. Everyone doing the courses, we share the workflow, how, how brushes work and their how you do this, how you code this, how you prepare, how you filter the information to the coach. how you prepare, do the video. Uh, what you see first, how you do it—you code first and you watch again first, and then you code later. Share—it's you have to ask a lot and share and look, look mm-hmm. everything I have, I copy from the national team, and, and it's true. And the, all the, the the cameras, all the the, the software they I have, I learned it from Ramon, for example. When I started assistant coach, I knew Ramon uses Postcode, so mm-hmm. I, I use what I what, I, what Ramon teaches in in New Zealand, so. Ask a lot and share with people. Obviously, you don't have to share your game plan with uh, the with, with the opponent But in Belgium we share everything everything workflow, new programs, everything that you can uh, improve. And it's uh, uh, it's better for me. I, I share it. Everyone can use it. You don't have to to keep everything for you. No, I'm doing this and only me. And uh, no, it, it's the philosophy is now to be open and to share. Then obviously. Anyone watches, see football different, and everyone has his own game plan, game model, everything. This is completely different uh, approach. But uh, yeah. share and via uh, uh, there is a lot of free programs that you can use. That they are close to. Obviously, if you, you don't have a lot of uh, budget, there is a lot of free programs, small budget programs that they doing amazing uh, jobs. They, they, you can with the GoPro, you can do everything. Mm-hmm. OK, you have to put the GoPro up and then you have to record. Attach
2: and- it to your head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I put the GoPro up. I had my app on my phone before the training. Yeah. I put the GoPro uh, recording with a wide angle. After the training, I download everything. I watch the training. Same with the games. Mm-hmm. If not, you put a, a guy with a camera. You don't have to code everything at the beginning, but you put your... My analyst, uh, we start like that. He was uh, filming the game and at the same time, he start coding. But he doesn't need to code uh, everything, but you start and then you start coding, filming, white angle, you see a little bit what they want. And then if you have after that, you have yeah. cameras and everything. It's but you have to be uh, you have to be smart and you have to look and, uh, and, and ask and you need to to share uh, how you do this and maybe and, and from people that uh, don't. My tip is ask, be open and copy because that's
2: that's very interesting what you say because also now i'm also involved in a little bit of the coaching side but it also relates to you know copying and sharing because i always have an issue with people who say ah look he's doing my training exercise this is the training exercise i've invented i always go back and i always say no this is not your training exercise this is football's training exercise it's off the game now and it's the same with the analysis you know it is not, it's not your analysis, it's football's analysis. It's for the world to share, you know, and, and you copy and then you make it your own. But Of course, you make it
0: your own because the same exercise for you and for me, it might be completely different. If my if my principles are different than yours, you're going to put a, a position game where you're asking some things to the players that I ask the contrary or I ask different or we ask doesn't need to be uh, the same. You, are, you make the exercise your own. There are plenty of exercises that everyone uses, but it's not the same that one coach uses or the correction that you do or the, the information that you give to the players or what you want from, from that exercise can change completely from one coach for, from and with analysis is, is the same. Mm-hmm. Why you don't, oh, we are coding like this and doing like this, okay, but there is not a... The good thing is with, with uh, the analysis uh, community we have there is no one I do this This is the right thing to do yeah. no everyone everyone learn their own way and I learn uh watching this and, and looking there and asking my friends and how do you work and how you do this and and then with the guys that set the problems up also they gave me a lot of tips oh maybe you can do this better than that because this takes you too much time I asked everyone the ones that uh, from a sports code that is the problem that I use. Oh, and uh, if I do this like that, uh, I stick into a lot of people. Why you don't do it like that? Oh, okay. I didn't thought about that. Okay. Send me uh, two hours of work and you keep learning like this, like this. That is not, a, this is the right way to do in analysis. That is not because some No best know.
1: practices, no best practices, but there are good practices.
0: It is. Yeah, yeah, you ha- you have to <laughs> you have to see what works better for you. Maybe for one, ah, I prefer to watch the, for example, now with the national team, uh, if I go to, they send us to the stadiums to watch the game first on live, and then you watch the game on live, and then you do the the analysis, and then you yeah. do the the scout, and then you do the report. But first, they send you to watch, okay, watch live, see the environment, see the the. What happened if, uh, if the crowd, that they're starting to lose, the crowd is uh, pushing, they're gonna push and they're dropping back, they change the, the, the dynamics in depending on the win. You have to see this on life. And other people, they like to see code, see code, see code, they are, but this is not the right thing to do, is one or the other one. It's the one that suits you better, save you time, and at the end, uh, you arrive to the same destiny, but in different possible ways. Some people like to code and do uh little clips uh, directly some people like to code and then watch a game and then decide some people they decide and they would everyone does it different but at the same you have to deliver uh the product to <laughs> to the coach and what matters and what's important to to the coach how you do it you can do it
2: in 10 different ways <laughs> it's like failing and then failing better <laughs> yes of course.
0: yes you don't know how many hours i lost doing things wrong and I, and this and that and then i was oh, oh take too many too too many hours and how can i simplify this because it affect me my it, it affect my work so if i'm losing t- four hours here and then i don't have time and i asked to everyone I go, how, do, how can you do this uh, better or faster mm-hmm. and then I, with the community in belgium that from the analysts we had the same and we share a lot hey, how, you, how you normally call this and uh Around say, oh, I do it like that, and you say, hmm, I didn't thought about that, <laughs> and say, okay, it works for me. Oh, I'm gonna try it, and then it. Yeah. Or maybe it's something that you are doing, and they didn't. Th- oh no, I do like that, and the other one say, oh, okay, That's a good idea, <laughs> and it is like that. There is no, uh, 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 the uh, this is the right thing to do. You have to yeah. do this, or because Belgium is working like this, is the best thing to do. No, they it works for them, and they. They have their own coding system and their own um code window yeah and they it's the same language at the end you need to find your own language that is the same for you for the coaching staff and for everyone yeah. and if this language works for you maybe it's the uh, they use another different uh, code window no different language but it works for them but at the end you have to give uh, uh deliver a uh, What's ma- what's important
2: for the coach? How it's you not do? about it? the process. It's about the end product. Exactly. Exactly. At the end, the coach that
0: if you give to the coach, uh, look, coach, they play like that. He's not going to ask, uh, ask you, oh, how how you arrive to this conclusion? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to see the, the relevant information that can prepare the week as fast as possible, and you save him uh, uh, ten hours uh, because of, you know with the coaches we watch even if the, the analysts. Tell us this. We watch already two, three games, and the coach maybe asked four or five.
1: Could you please describe to us your exciting role currently for the Euros with the Belgian national team setup?
0: Yes. Uh, well, it's quite easy. I'm going to be a, a scout analyst for the for the national team, and actually, we had a few ones, and they assign us a, a team to follow and um uh, you need to follow normally they assign you between one two massive maximum sorry three teams uh uh to 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 scout and you need to to travel watch the game and send the report way back to the, to the chief of a scouting and it goes directly to, to to the coach and then if uh, belgium plays against the, that team then you are directly involved with the preparation of a of that game with a with the staff
1: Moving through uh, your coaching career and having played uh, having played at a high level and, and inter- very internationally, uh, can you think of, a, this is on the personal side, can you think of uh, a new belief or, or behavior or, or, or habit uh, which you picked up during all that travel and all that experience which improved your life? Something that you could give advice to others, something that uh, is a personal
0: practice? Yes. Yes. Uh... As, as, as we spoke, it's to be more and more open to 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 share and, of course, to always be open to to improve and to learn and prove, learn and share and uh, and uh, see different things. And I'm very cu- curious on uh, like, uh, for example, I'm, I'm obsessed with the uh, new exercises all the time, variability on the on the trainings and, uh, of course, being eight years at the same club. Uh, I need to refresh a lot new exercises. If not, uh, I I hate to repeat the same, uh, the same things over and over and over. But uh, not distracted, but not the principles anything. But new exercises that can make uh, uh, the players uh, um, be more uh, aware. Oh, this is new today. Okay, it doesn't change our game plan, but it's a new exercise with new. I'm obsessed with that. And uh, as I said, it's always constantly learning and improving. This is a world that it changed very, very fast, and there's a lot of people very well prepared, very, very well uh, studied, and uh, and you have to be able to 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 be on those standards. Uh, and uh, I like also to to share with uh, some friends that they play with me, coaches that play with me. Some of them now they are. Uh, in, in, in top international level, champion League, and and I love to speak with them. And uh, guys, just some curious questions that uh, hey, how you guys do this, and uh, uh, and if this happens, uh, what the coach does, and uh, also when uh, Mikel was uh, our coach in uh, in Open, I love to ask him. Um, hey, what Mourinho you used? to How Mourinho was Mourinho, and how uh, this, and uh, Del Bosque, and the other one, and uh, to share and to be open and to ask and never be close to and. And there is no, as I say, there is no one right thing to do. It's your own experience, your own, uh, your own belief, and your own uh, way to do things. As long as you perform, is your. uh, This is is my (laughs) humble experience as a system coach. Is that just to be open to share, open to be curious, don't hesitate to ask, and don't don't hesitate to if things uh, 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 want you want to change things uh, just. Ask, 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 and study and learn. And uh, this is my uh, <laughs> my advice. <laughs> Only one I can.
2: <laughs> and then following on from that, for for you personally, what are what are your most important coaching philosophies, uh, systems, or or ideas to you?
0: Well, obviously, based on a uh, 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 on the position game on the on in the uh, bus playing. Uh, here in you know in Spain the culture of uh, ball possession and but uh, ball possession to attack I, I learned that having the ball for having it means nothing. Okay, you can in Belgium it happens a lot of time. You have 80% of possession and you look at the at the score and you are losing 2-0, uh, to, to and you don't know how. So you need to you need to have the ball to do something and to to attack and. Uh, here, also, as I say, is a league that is very, very, uh, there's a lot of variability, but also the, a lot of transitions, direct game. Uh, you have my, the systems that I feel more comfortable with are 433 and 343. That's the one. And from there, you can change and adapt to everything because for me, a system is the, the, the first picture that you see when you put the TV, you see, okay, system 433. Okay, but. When the keeper gets the ball and you slide the, the fullback, you you don't play three on the back. You, you don't play four on the back. You play three, so it changes everything. They constantly change, and then players they play in their own system. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we had Adrian, Adriano Correa, the, the Brazilian who was in uh, in uh, Barcelona and Seville. He was in open with us this year. And he he gave us himself uh, solutions during the game that uh, <laughs> you didn't plan and. Uh, yeah. And you you have to adapt. Also, it's very important to that. Uh, this is okay. I love four three three. I love three four three. But uh, you have to adapt to it. It's very important to adapt to your players. Very very important. Don't be. I'm not. I'm not close to. I only play this system. Four three three. That's my system. Yeah. But uh, you have three central defenders. and your fullback is not. Uh, maybe you have to change that for, uh, three in the back. It all depends on your players, because they, they are the ones, as Guardiola the said, they are the ones they play, they are the ones that they need to feel comfortable. And uh, if you see them in a place that they are not comfortable, it's bad for them and bad for the team, so...
2: And as you said, right. formations are always fluid uh, throughout the game, you know, throughout the game oh. in different situations, you're in different formations all the time.
0: You play 4-3-3, <laughs> but on the build-up, you you use light and you play with three in the back, so... You yeah. start yeah.
1: Ran- Ranieri said, Ranieri, God, God bless Ranieri, he said it best. You can't buy a body to fit the suit.
0: <laughs> 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 it's the, totally the contrast. So you have to watch and see which players you got and uh, where you arrive to the team. And then if you can adapt your ideas and you have to always be able to, to, to change fast and to be...
2: to be Adaptable, adaptable.
0: You know. And and then
2: as as well, uh, now you've obviously been a player, been a coach. You're working as an analyst. So there's a few different positions of the sport there. Uh, do you, what are some bad recommendations you hear in the game? That could be on any levels. Could be from players, from coaches, uh, analysis. What what are what are a few bad recommendations that kind of come up in 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 the professional football?
0: Bad recommendations. Well. In in football, you know, it, it is a business, and in all business, every more and more the players they got more information, they got more data, and they from the agents and these they uh, right after the game they got the clips with the Insta Scout, the Wisecout, uh, send directly from 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 the company to the players, and you have the uh, social media and the network and the Instagram, and uh, uh, players have now a lot more of a things on the head than, than football but because so this is normal in this business you know and this is for me the most the, the bad influence on these sports and sorry if any agent is uh, looking at me but sometimes are uh, <laughs> the, the the agents that they try to be coaches and they don't uh, Give them the right uh, advices, and then you need to know that players are—we are the are players. You see the players on TV, but they are humans, and they feel, and they have, uh, and they have uh, aims, and they have uh, uh, and frustrations, and they have problems at home. Sometimes, uh, I, it, it's not a bad thing, but sometimes you know, uh, this player doesn't want to train today. And, uh, what a shit! Uh, you know, everyone is complaining. Oh, uh, yeah, but speak to him why he's like that. Maybe he had this, you know, uh, an argument with his wife, or maybe his kid is sick, or maybe his mother. I don't know. You need to. Then, then uh, the young, the, you know, the young players that they grow up very fast and they have everything very fast, and they become uh, very fast, very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: well, that's that actually goes back a little bit. We we mentioned that on a a previous podcast, especially like. Uh, you know, at the biggest academies also in Spain, we were relating it to England that, you know, young players are throwing huge amounts of money uh, at very influential ages where, you know, they might be hanging out in the wrong crowd and, and, and they, they haven't actually even achieved anything yet. They have not even playing for the first team and they're making money to support their whole family. Like there's got to be ways to kind of, you know, that's, that creates distractions and, and, and doesn't help with player improvement and growth.
0: That, that that's the business, and that's how you cannot change the, 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 the this business. But you can make sure that the, the all the youth coaches that they have, they they teach them all these mm-hmm. things. They they teach them how to to deal with this situation, with the frustration. To 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 not only as a we need to understand the player not as a player. He's a human. He's an individual. He's a he's not a football player that you put him and he needs to perform. He's not a machine. Sometimes. Mm-hmm so you need to be able to to watch both sides of the of the the human and the professional and try to help him in both developments professional and personal and so more he-
2: more education more education yeah.
1: mm-hmm. the tie the tie in is intelligence help develop the player's uh, specific intelligence which also means ability to deal with life situations and, and 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 the and the demands of the game because i mean come on it's People say all oh, footballers they sit around training PlayStation, training PlayStation. No, there's a lot to do. <laughs> and that's why it's
0: very, very important the youth coaches. They are. Very, I, I never work in youth. I work directly to professionals. But sometimes we see players that they come from a, from a top clubs on loan, professional, and some of the basic principles, some of the body profiles that they are they had should be uh uh, natural for them they they no one told them to to to, no one teach them to do that why because uh, in some clubs uh, okay this guy is fast and okay i'm gonna make him run fast all the time and score fast yeah but you need to as you say teach him to to learn and understand the game and understand read the game what happened uh, if they teach them how to think teach them to think it's more important the decision making, how to think, uh, teach them to be more involved in the in the game. That just okay, you have to do this, and all the time you do this. Yeah, but if the other the, the the defender do that, what you need to do? Teach them to think and to think and to think. That develops a, an intelligence of the game that uh, will be way more useful for the profession. Because sometimes in professional football, you know, it's it's difficult to, it's difficult, but we have to do it. But it's difficult to, when you have games all the time and you you, you need results, you need this, it's difficult to focus on individuals and to, to perform and to train more. And so we have to do, it. and we do them a lot. And we train individual and we perform individual and individual corrections, individual videos, performance. We do them a lot, but sometimes you have no time to watch 27 players that you have in the squad and train them one by one all the time. You have no time, so, so you need to tease them before to be more smart and to, to understand more the game. Because I remember when I was a player, sometimes they told me, oh, you have to do this, this. OK, but uh, if the other <laughs> one does that, I keep doing this and I, I, I hit the wall all the time. OK, but you told me to do this. Hey, but this is not the but you told me that. So I'm doing that. It's not working. <laughs> you know, you need, you need to teach them to be more, uh, more smart and understand the game.
2: It's like uh, learning how to learn. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> and the only
0: way to 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 teach them like that is to do what they're gonna face on the game. So game-related exercises always yeah. to learn the game by the game. If you put them uh, to do uh, only possession ball, uh, yes, but uh, doing the game and you don't attack, <laughs> okay, you're gonna have ninety percent of the possession, but you won't attack.
2: <laughs> but uh, my uncle as well from quite a young age. Uh, he used to swap the positions around a lot of young players. So he would play strikers at center back. So then you learn also what the movements of a center back are and then to use that to your advantage as a striker, you know, and then right wingers, right backs, left backs, right wingers, you know, like to mix it up at a young age, because that, that learning of different positions and, and formations really really helps you going forward, you know, and being uh, adaptable and, you know, being available in different positions, you know, as well.
0: I think, yeah,
2: it's, it's interesting.
1: Of course, we're at the part uh, of the interview that we call the rounder, which is kind of rounds off. And it's some philosophical questions, Manel. So uh, here we go. Uh, first of all, define success. How would you define
0: success, Manel? Define success. For me, it's feeling no regrets and being happy. This is it success in life. That not, no. Yeah, because then, okay. Uh, of course, now uh, trophies and victories and everything is, a, but this is the, the the top point of the success. If you do what you love and you do it every day and you are happy and you have no regrets and you are always honest, this is for me is success in life because the rest, it will come uh, uh, itself. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very pure answer. I like it. <laughs> as, long, as long as you feel good every day on what you do and you feel like uh, you are doing something that you love and sharing something that may be helping others that understand a little bit more, that, that for me is success. Then obviously the, the, the humanity is now it's, uh, if you win, in, especially in football, if you win, you are successful, no matter what you do. And and if you lose, you are the worst, uh, no matter what you do. And winning or losing can be, uh, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, one centimeter or two that the ball goes in or hits the post and then you are the best in the world. And one day you are the best and the other day you are the the worst. Yeah, but for success is different, uh, different things. But of course, the only way to me- measure success yeah. Yeah. is by winning and by being a <laughs> winner. <laughs> Well, if not, you're gonna be successful, but come. <laughs> <In>
1: the- <laughs> Manel, what uh, what purchase of one hundred dollars or less uh, have you recently made that had a good impact of your life? Uh, or if you really don't want to think about money, uh, what time investment have you made that was really
0: good? Oof. the time that I invest, uh, oh, obviously with the family and uh, my wife this is the best time. There's nothing that can uh, change your time with your family your, and your loved ones and your wife. This time is priceless. This is no nothing that... Uh, and it's very important to find time for it and to find... Uh, even though I work uh, 14 hours a day, 15, and <laughs> we work a lot, and we are away and we travel a lot, but you need to find time for uh, this. Uh, the only thing uh, no one can buy is that precious time with uh, your loved ones. Beautiful. And it's very necessary yeah, because uh, you need to. It's very important. I for me, eh, to find something. Like for example, I do it with the sport and and my wife. To but with the coaches, every time I, I'm uh, maybe uh, the the next coach I work with, it uh, won't allow me. But I always have a rule with my coaches that they need to give me one hour a day to do my sport and to to change my mind. Is uh, is my my way to to to. Uh, evasion uh, and, and change everything. You mm. need to find that thing that uh, don't make you think. on football, and uh, some people like to swim. Some people, uh, something that you you, you can uh, go out, do your thing, and then you go back again and the hard work. <laughs> mm. And the family.
2: And um, Manel, if you had a giant billboard with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions or billions of people, what would it say and and why? Uh, if it helps, it could be uh, a quote from someone else that you've heard that you, or uh, something you often live your life by.
0: Uh,
2: yes, for me, a part of obviously uh,
0: being happy and being happy and uh, do what you love, that is <laughs> the thing that everyone would love to do. but uh for me i think and ramon say it and i I agree with it be demanding with yourself and with the others is the it's it's one thing that i'm very uh sometimes maybe too much but be as much uh, perfectionist as you can and set your standards very high all the time all the time the more you set your standards high, the more everyone will follow the more uh things tend to get easier when you you are always demanding, always demanding and your standards are, are high. Don't accept uh, less than what you think that you you, you you demand. You know what I
2: mean? My That also goes back to a little funny quote that my uncle also shared with me. He said that if you if you suck the, I mean if you lick the lollipop of mediocrity, you'll suck forever.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> in, in football it happens the same on on yeah. on the whole club like if you are in an environment in a club where uh, they have a, a, a culture of excellence and everyone is uh, is uh they have high standards high kinmens everyone physios everything trainings everyone is involved everyone is on the player. the player gets uh, uh uh they copy players you know if you mm-hmm. if you to a club and everything oh, oh these ones are oh, serious everything works excellent Boom. everyone copies and everyone gets that 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 environment mm. if you arrive to a club where uh, the fish are, are, are late. they are not there the other one oh, where is the water uh, the other one is sitting uh, there and don't watching the training it's contagious i mean like so in life it's the same you always need to be demanding and uh and uh always demanding <laughs> that will be my uh,
2: my quote and in, in the last five years especially uh what have you become better at saying no to uh like distractions or invitations etc do you have any approaches that have helped to maintain good time management uh, uh
0: <laughs> it's the difficult question because uh, i I could, with the football, you you know, they, they are not, we have no uh, schedule. We have no, uh, <laughs> the time is 24-7 and uh, all the mm-hmm. time. As a system coach, I have to be available all the time. <laughs> and I say all the time. <laughs> but uh, yes, there is one rule that we have with my wife. When we eat together, there's no phones, nothing. We just eat, we, we speak, we share.
1: Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's wisdom for the times that's really good advice for anybody right now to be honest phone off time in the family we have screen free time here as well yeah
2: it's uh, your rule or her rule Manel her rule
1: of course <laughs> <laughs> everything is her rule <laughs> Manel mm-hmm. Man, Manel We've talked about a lot about uh, levels and, and professionalism and, 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 and the culture of excellence. Uh, ultimately, what makes the difference uh, in levels in the football profession? What, what is it that makes players, that divides players between, between the leagues? What is, th- what is that thing? If you could put your finger on it as a scouter and analyst, what makes the difference?
0: Small details. There's more details. This is... The small details are key in professional football. And you don't, you think, ah, you cannot be, you cannot allow any small detail to slip away because they can make the difference. Even though this, and do everything consistently all the time, these small details, repeat them, and repeat them. And this is a, what it makes the difference in, for me, eh? in professional. Are, are, are those more? Are
1: those more like intellectual details or are they more physical details? What would you say?
0: Yep. all of them we have a physical we have a, a physical plan for all the players that they need to work the strength before the weaknesses before the training then we we follow them uh, with a lot of tests they have live gps everything after the training they need to do also uh, and the, the the guys that they are more consistent on doing this, they they are not they are not there's no shortcuts in life and in football they are no shortcuts the one who works the one then of course if you have the talent of messi you can do a, a few shortcuts <laughs> but the, 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 the rest of the common world you go direct <laughs> the rest of the common world you have they they are no shortcuts on the on on the on the on the training on the diet on the so the small details i mean eat well rest well uh, be professional do the work that you have to do and then everything will come and be persistent on that
2: mm
1: what about um, how would you define everybody people talk about uh, game insight or or football intelligence how, how would you how would you define football intelligence
0: football intelligence is, is the key it's also the it's also the the the, the decision making it's what makes a, a better player or a, a good player or a top player this is everything also you this is a, a part of the football that we don't train much and uh, it, it is key. And how many now? How many young players you see with 17, 18 years old, with an intelligence, and emotional intelligence, and maturity that that is hard to find in a 40 years old person. This is the the the, the difference also, apart the small details. Also, that's a very good point that uh, you just you just came up because the mental side on the prof- on that professional level to hold the pressure to be able to to perform the same as you perform in trainings and in games. Is, is, is the big difference between the top players and normal players. I had a lot of players that they are amazing on the trainings, unbelievable. You put it on the game, pressure, big crowds uh, and they don't perform well. And then the content, you have players that you, we had some players, honestly, during this year, you see them on the training, you will never give your hand or put him on the squad. Never.
1: Yeah.
0: Players you put on the game <laughs> and they make the difference. But during the week, <laughs> 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 and the week during the week they do they are professional but uh, yeah, they do that their- <laughs> but at the end what matters is uh, what you do every every weekend so but the mental is a fundamental part of, a, of an athlete and you have to train the same the physical the tactical the technical and the mental and is a is an aspect that is forgotten they forget a lot this aspect on the a, and this, the coach, they have a lot of uh, of influence also on, uh, on helping the players, talking with them, a lot of individual approach with the players is very important because the mental can be the strength but can be also they have problems as we spoke and they have, uh, they argue with the wife and maybe they had a, a divorce and maybe they had, a, we had an amazing player now that uh, he left the club because he, he, he got a divorce, he could not handle being away from his kid and he he could not be there so he had to leave. Mm-hmm. so we are persons. So the mental side is not, it's like, it's the same aspect, as I say, yeah, physical, technical, tactical, and mental. And we have to train the mental side of the, because it may okay. different, especially in young ages, to help with the pressure to cope with the, with the stress, uh, it's not the same to go from under-19s, you, you join an environment professional, you change your habits, you, you go with players uh, to play, you change your uh, your uh, your demandings, you you change everything, and you need to adapt to that and be able to to handle that. And if you don't have, a, I think a, a, a psychologist, everything should have a, a psychology with within the team and the staff. Same as analysts, these two. I think everyone should have a one of those they are very important not all but we speak we, we think Oh, psychologists oh, I'm sick or it's mental or it's uh no you need to train the same that you train your body the same that you train your skills you need to train your mind for everything uh, the way you react to things the way you approach things the way you come with the pressure the way that you to, to visualize what you're going to find or what you're going to find it's it's important to train that and not many teams train the, this these uh this side
1: you remember Betis and Ruben Castro that season? When she came into the team and she had the meetings and he went from scoring zero goals in, uh, in 10 matches to being the top scorer. <laughs> <And> an
0: <laughs> psychologist in Betis. And, yeah. a, and a psychologist. Yeah. Very well-known, yeah. Very good. It's, uh, you see teams that they work also, for, not only individually, eh, but for the for the team, team building. team. There's a lot of stuff to make the team cohesion uh, uh, with the team to make sure that everyone performs good, feels good on the team. Everyone understands the role on the team. It's very important that each player knows his role and knows what you want from him, what the team expects from him. So everyone has to be very clear on his uh, his role on the team. This is mm-hmm. key to make sure that the changing room uh, goes fluid. If not, you start with egos, with uh, with things, and it's a big problem. But this is a mental side. is, is You should... You should train as the same as the we train physical. We tend that but mental. Same, same, same.
2: Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree.
1: They kind of
2: uh, go on. Sorry, Tony.
1: No, so thanks a lot for joining us today, Manel. Thanks for the interview.
2: You're yeah. One last thing for the for the listeners: where could they find you on social media, or you know, if anyone wanted to follow you in your your career?
0: Oh, I'm not. Lately, I'm starting to get a little bit lazy on the social media because my wife is just starting to do uh, read more minimalism, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, she's taking me. Actually, I cannot enter the room with my phones and everything, so I slept with uh, everything uh, charging. <laughs> 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 on this, my wife is <laughs> German, so that's <laughs> why. <that's true>, eh? <laughs> uh, no Twitter. I have Chino Exposito with X Chino you know, Exposito on Twitter and uh, Instagram, uh, Manel Exposito Official.
2: I had to- Cool, we'll we'll tag that in the the comments as well, down the bottom. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, uh, Manel. You know, it was really nice time, really cool to catch up with you and also to listen about your story and where you are now, you know, and it's really also inspiring for myself personally, and also I'm sure for the listeners as well. Good,
0: now thanks to you for thinking of me. And I follow you on Instagram, no worries. I know everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know
0: everything you take. <laughs>
2: uh, what I had for lunch.
0: <laughs> I, I cannot check it. <laughs> People now post everything, so you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, guys, thank you. It was a pleasure. Sorry if it was a little bit, uh, maybe, extend. I told you, just when I start speaking about football. <laughs> you
2: can uh, no problem for the both of us. I know Tony as well loves the chat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>